and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 127. Let's roll. And, and, and boys and girls, I am going to give you the red meat that you all deserve. We are going to continue with Rookie Talk, and I think I've got a pretty cool way of going about it today. We've got a great guest. I'm going to dive right in because let's not waste any time. His time is valuable. So is mine. No, it's not. You guys know that. We just, we'll just ramble on all day. But I am excited to start talking rookies with someone that I've been following for a while. Just met him today, which is a lot of fun. But I want you to go there and check them out at DraftSharks.com as well as at DraftSharks on, Sharks on Twitter. Easy for me to say. You can find Jared Smola at Smola DS stands for DraftSharks on Twitter. Mr. Jared Smola, thank you so much for being here. What's up? Scott, thanks for having me. Uh, excited yes. to talk about this rookie class, which honestly, the more I dig into it, the trickier it gets to me. Um, so okay. hopefully I feel a bit better about it uh, after we're, we're done here. Yeah, it's funny, man, because like, you know, we'll get there. But like there was, um, you know, there's a there's people you respect and, you know, in their process. And, you know, it's I always get nervous when we start, uh, you know, forming consensus around things like you know, the consensus was Josh Allen was terrible. You know, you remember, I, you know, I remember oh, yeah. that it was like, Josh Allen's <laughs> going to be terrible. Uh, he's just a, you know, a big arm guy without accuracy and played at a small school. Couldn't complete passes there. Yada, yada, yada. Now he's like quarterback one or two in dynasty and one of the you know most beloved best quarterbacks in the NFL in real life. And, you know, I think we all just miss that. Now is a little bit of data. He's a bit of an outlier, but sometimes when that consensus starts to form and we're all on one side or the other, Kyle Pitts is going to be Travis Kelsey, you know, and not exactly, you know, sometimes th- those things start to worry me. There's a few of those yeah. things happening now, and I'm just starting to push back. And I think that uh, you're the perfect person to start to talk about some of those things. eh? Yeah, not to go too far down the Josh Allen rabbit hole, but I, I still think being anti Josh Allen is probably the right, right way. Just it didn't, you know, the, the right process, the result. Yeah, it, even looking at, I mean, the, obviously the passing stuff was bad at Wyoming, but he wasn't even a great runner. I mean, he put up good rushing right. stats, but there weren't right. awesome rushing stats. So I don't think there was a way to project him to be the runner he has become at the NFL. So, um, you know, well, that, that a, could tie in. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a Josh Allen like prospect yes. that we might. <laughs> touch upon somewhere right. along the lines of this show but That's what I was let's, say. Yep. let's dive right in my brother you know i on the last couple of shows i had started talking about you know i think someone hit me up on twitter for using the word phylum uh but you know using this sort of categorizing of prospects and sometimes it's like you know you you, you put these guys in in buckets and then you try to evaluate them and i thought it would be an interesting way for us to sort of have our conversation around that um so we'll get to that, but I wanted to start with the wide receivers and we'll put them in some buckets. But I think there's kind of this one bucket, uh, the the you know, the wide receiver one by default JSN bucket. Mm-hmm. And we should probably talk about that. Is he your wide receiver one? Cause he feels like he's mine. I I don't feel like I'm I'm wrong in making him that. Yeah. Where are you at with uh Jackson Smith and Jigba right now? Yeah, JSN is my wide receiver one, and he's in a tier of his own. Not to say it's a huge tier break between him and the next guy or two, but he is in a tier. He's my clear number guy. He's the he's my number two pick overall, and one quarterback behind only Bijan. So yeah, yep. JSN is wide receiver one for me at this point in the process. 
I feel completely the same way. And like, you know, punching holes in it, there's not much you can do. I mean, the only thing we can really do is say that he's a slot only guy, but I've heard those whispers before <clears throat> Justin Jefferson and, you know, others. So, I mean, he's just a really good football player. He showed elite quickness. He was super productive and he was super productive on a team that had two of the best yeah. wide receivers in the NFL and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Uh, he missed last year a la, well, missed, I mean, barely played, you know, sort of reminds me of the profile of Jamar Chase in a way that, you know, we missed that junior season. We had to go on the sophomore season, which was really, really good. He's no Jamar Chase prospect, but I feel like he's as can't miss yeah. a wide receiver as there has been, you know, a little bit like the Garrett Wilson. I felt like Garrett Wilson was super safe. I feel the same about JSN. Is that kind of where you're at? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's not a perfectly clean prospect, right? I mean, it's only it, it's only one season we're basing it on now. The, the season was unbelievable to put up the numbers he did alongside, you know, two guys that weren't were not only first round picks, but then turned in awesome rookie seasons. You know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are both, you know, top 10 dynasty wide receivers. So for JSN to do what he did alongside them, he was more efficient than them. You look at, you know, yards per route run, JSN yeah. beat. Wilson and Olave as a true sophomore yes. at that point. Um, you know, film wise with JSN, there's not a single aspect of his game that I don't I think is elite. But I also don't see any holes in his game. Like I, I think he's, he's he, there's not a glaring weakness. And I do think he can play on the outside. I don't see a reason why he can't win on the outside at the NFL level. He's, he's big, big enough. enough. Yeah, athletic was, enough. We said at the same run. time he's big yeah, enough. He yeah, can, I mean six yeah. foot two hundred. That's Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson size. So yeah, he came in big enough. And and that's that's also another data point when we we're going to get there to some of these other guys. They're just you know not as big. His yards yeah. per team pass attempt. Uh, and I, I I go by best season. That's how I look at it. So if your freshman year was your best year or your senior year, that's fine. I just look at it that way. Uh, but yeah. his best season yards per team pass attempt is second in this class at 3.26. He, again, did that with 3.26, by the way. Anything over three is ridiculous. There's only two players who got over three. So uh, now three, sorry. But, you know, 3.26 is a huge number. Um, and so for him to do that, uh, alongside Olave and Wilson is, is just awesome. So yeah, for all those reasons, I think we've kind of beaten the, the drum there. Uh, you know, the guy that I thought was someone I hadn't really discussed a ton and I'm not sure where I'm at, probably why I haven't discussed him is Quinton Johnson. You know, he feels like a little bit like the enigma because, you know, we keep saying biggest ceiling, but I'm not sure what that looks like. Am I afraid to draft him? Like, it's funny because you have these mid to late you know, super flex first round picks. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have like, he's going to be there. Do I take him? You know, and that, I think that's a question that a lot of guys are asking. Well, answer it, Jared. Do I take him or not? Yeah, Quentin Johnson's my second wide receiver in this class, and he's almost in a tier of his own. Um, and a lot of it's because of that size. You know, my my comp for Quentin Johnson is the late Demarius Thomas, mm. who is another bigger guy, Moved really well. That's my Quentin Johnson to me is one of the best after catch wide receivers yep. I've seen come into the league in the, the past handful of years at least. And it's because he's what 6'3, 208, I think he yep. was That's at right. the combine. Yep. After the catch moves like a much smaller wide receiver. Now I wish he played bigger at the catch point that that's my knock against Quentin Johnson. He is not as good as he should be contested wise. He almost, you know, he's a six, three wide receiver, you know, plays like a five eleven wide receiver yeah. and that's good in some departments and not so good in others but um I, i'm with the take that he has the highest ceiling 
know, if there's yeah. a guy who's going to be a perennial top seven or eight fantasy wide receiver in this class, I think it's Quentin Johnson. Totally. He did not run at the combine. We think he's very fast though. Um, you know, I wished he had JSN did kind of run at his pro day, whatever unofficial four, five, three. You know, I said, if he's a four, six or better, we're fine. And yeah. basically, even if you adjust a four, five, three, you know, with the general, you know, 0. 0.05 or 0. 0.07, it puts him right in the four, five, eight, four, five, nine range, which, well, that's fine. So I think JSN yep. checks that box. I think with Quentin, you know, that's not where you want him to be as a run after catch player. You'd like to see some athleticism, um, d- did he test at all? Did I miss that? Or am I still waiting for that? I, I, he didn't run at the combine, but he had a 97th percentile broad and a 93rd percentile yes. vert. Correct. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not a, he's obviously, he's not a sub four, four guy, but I would expect him to run in the four fours, which Agreed. for a guy of his size, you know, and on tape, he, he looks plenty fast to me. Agreed. I think that's right. And I think that that's what the allure is, is that, Hey, if he can be at least, um, you know, a pretty good route runner and a pretty good yep. sort of outside contested catch guy, because I agree on film, it's not like you see that popping off, then yep. everything else is athleticism, run after catch, body, etc. sort of positions him as a guy who could absolutely make some big plays at the next level. Um, and I, I, am, I yep. am in agreement with you that for me, he's in a tier of his own. I'm not sure if I have Addison ahead of him or not. I've kind of moved Addison below him just because I feel, you know, what did I say on the show sheet? I called him the the enigma. You know, I just think yeah. that he's this player that like, you know, if you start, you know, going out to best case scenarios with him, you get really excited. But I've been I've been hurt before, Jared. You know, I mean, the Nikhil yeah. Harry's and the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the big outside guys who weren't as good at, you know, but generally those guys were contested catch guys. That's how they did win. So right. I'm way more excited about this guy who, you know, who plays maybe more of an intermediate game. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry, JJ Arcega, Whiteside was a guy oh. I fell hard for. So th- that's, so the, you know, that's, that's the so downside sorry. with a guy like this. Um, you know, Quentin Johnson, I, I hope he lands with an OC that understands how to use him because you don't want to use him like a Mike Williams, right? You know, outside contested catch guy. Again, he he plays like a smaller wide receiver. I think after the catch is his best skill set. So I want uh, a OC that's going to get him the ball on the shorter stuff in space. Let him use that to his best ability. So we'll see where he lands. Um, and just comparing him to Addison, like Addison feels safer because yeah. I do think he's more NFL ready. He he has the route running ability, the ability to create separation. He has the better college production. Man, he's 5'11", 173 pounds. And that's yeah. not like, you know, that doesn't, it's not a death knell. No. But like, it's it's a concern for me. He's small and it's he's not disturbing. a super athlete. He didn't test as a, you know, elite athlete. He's a that's good right. athlete. He's not an elite athlete. So yeah, that's why I, I have. Yeah. At yeah, 173, you would have wanted him to run really fast or exactly. at, at his speed be a little bit heavier, right? It's like yeah. both of them kind of hurt. Yeah. yeah. So I just, when, when you look at the ceiling floor combo on Quentin Johnston versus Addison. I, ju- I just prefer Johnson because I'm convinced he has the higher ceiling and I'm not yeah. sure the floors are all that different. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, we've seen a little bit, I've, I've been talking about this, the utilization of wide receivers over the last even couple of years, but certainly five, 10 years, you know, as you start to expand that sample, it's like, we get CD lamb, you know, five, 10 years ago, CD lamb would have just been parked outside. And, you know, now they're smart enough to be like, no, no, no dude, you're fucking dope. You can just win and win inside, win in the yeah. slot. You know, Cooper Cup, uh, you know, obviously legendary season from the slot. Um, you know, so we're starting to see a lot more of that. And I even argued uh, on a couple of recent pods that 
you're seeing more wide receivers on the field now anyway. It used to be there was two all the time. You know, you had a fullback on the field, for Christ's sakes, I was saying, right? So hmm. now you see more three wide receiver sets. It's almost base. It is base, really. And so now they're starting to prioritize it differently, whereas before it was like, hey, can we get a little quick guy in here for a minute? You know, now it's like, no, no, yeah. there's three of these guys that are out there all the time. And so I think Quentin will be best utilized not primarily slot, but heavy slot, if that makes sense. I love that. Give him, give him those quick option routes where he can go either way. Just get him the ball five to ten yards downfield. Let him do damage after the catch. I think that's a great call. Yep. So the 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 next sort of group, and you touched upon it, is the undersized alphas. <clears throat> because we had these, you know, Jordan Addison is an alpha. I mean, that dude dominated. He dominated especially with Kenny Pickett and Pitt, yep. but he was pretty good uh, at USC. I mean – you know, he was playing with the legendary quarterback who didn't need to just feed one guy. He could hit the open man. I mean, that's how good Caleb is. So I, I think he didn't just sort of rely on him. But if you watch their games, he sort of did when the chips were down. You know, when when it was time to make a play, he knew where Addison mm-hmm. was. Uh, and then the other two guys, Zay Flowers, who is a senior, and Josh Downs, who was very, very dominant. So of those three guys um, – is there a favorite or how do we, how do we parse this group? I guess is the question, right? Yeah. Addison and flowers are super similar to me. And I think you touched on why I have Addison a bit higher is because he had the younger breakout. He's the early declare. He's, he's younger. You know, that that's why I, I watch them and I think they're very similar. They're smaller guys. They create separation. They're good after the catch um, downs for me. Down, downs. I have clearly below those other two. I do think he's slot only at the next level. I do think he's, you know, he doesn't have the downfield skills that flowers and Addison do. So I just think that limits downs is upside, but I, I compare Josh down. And I don't mean this as a total knock against him, but I compared him to Jamison Crowder. I think that's the type of utilization he's going to get at the next level, which again is, is okay. He can catch, he can catch 70 or 80 balls in the right spot. I just think, I think flowers and Addison have more potential in, in the NFL. We talk about this, or I guess I, I am we, uh, but we talk about this on the show all the time, how, you know, whether or not we, me and you think a player can or can't do something is irrelevant. And what's relevant is how the NFL is going to see them. And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to is that maybe Downs is viewed as that and will only be sort of utilized in that way. And that may be 100% true. That's certainly been my fears with all three of these guys is how the NFL will see them. And then what can they do once they're sort of utilized in that way? Um, You know, they're not really primed for the outside. I mean, there's, I don't know, man. Yeah. All three guys are a little tiny bit scary because of the mm-hmm. size, you know, as you point out, uh, flowers is a senior, not the end of the world, but you know, the history of first round seniors is not great, but there's usually late breakouts down, uh, flowers broke out early. Um, you know, he got the Steve Smith stamp of approval. I feel like that's good enough for me. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I just wonder, you know, I think that what it'll come down to with those three guys is are we taking one of those three guys or one of those running backs, right? You know, because that's the question. I just had a, a you know, one of my, you know, friends and followers, you know, DM me about it. He's in a, a, a rookie draft. And it was like, I think a couple of these guys, Addison was gone for sure, but I think Downs was still there. Maybe Flowers was gone. And then there were some of these running backs. You know, Charbonnet was gone. It was early second. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think I'm going to take Downs. And I'm like, I guess, you know, but <laughs> do I take Downs or Kendra Miller or something like that? Right. And yeah. it's like, obviously, pre draft, it's hard to know. 
post-draft, we'll have a little bit more information. But right now, that's a tough call, right? Yeah, and I don't know how much we want to get into the running backs at this point. But for me, Charbonnet is the only back, obviously beyond uh, Gibbs and, and Dijon, that I'm, I'm considering over these wide receivers. Again, I don't even love Josh Downs, but I do think he's going to get at least early round two draft capital. I do think he's a relatively safe prospect because of the, the college production. Um, so, you know, the, these guys, like Downs is, feels like a late first rounder to me in one quarterback. And I think, you know, again, Flowers and Addison, I have more like mid round one. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And I think I, I think we were saying this last year was like before the draft, before the NFL draft, if you're drafting, it's like these wide receivers are safer because we know they're going to get draft capital. We know they're yep. going to get utilization. And then, you know, obviously if Kendra Miller goes to, I don't know, just make up a team that's awesome and perfect in the third, early third round, you're like, yeah, he's going to vault over them. But we don't know which one. Is it Miller? Is it, you know, that's the problem with these backs. There's 10 of them. Which one yes. gets the fucking, you know, the Damian Pierce chip, you know, the spot where you're like, oh, look at that. He's uh, in a spot here. So, you know, I, we'll get there on the backs. But I think that's really where I'm at yeah. is, yeah, the the Downs, Flowers, Addison group is safer than yeah. any random running back yeah and i actually have another wide receiver ahead of josh downs in my rankings right now let's hear it jalen hyatt yeah who i don't love the guy i i see i see the i mean so the knocks against him just one big year of college production he played in this tennessee offense and to be honest i'm not a i'm not a huge college football guy like you know me neither during the season super busy Monday through Friday, Sunday, Saturday, I need some time with my family to just unplug a little bit. So I don't watch a ton of college football during the season. So, which I think is an advantage sometimes because I don't come into the process with these preconceived notions. But man, this Tennessee offense made it so easy for Jalen Hyatt. They used these stack formations on the outside. He was always the the back man on the stack. Never he faced. I think it was sixty two snaps against press coverage in his entire college career so he's he's off the line of scrimmage he gets a running head start and just he's just blowing by guys on the outside now he blows by sec corners you watch the alabama game he's blowing by alabama corners he averaged like 18 yards per catch this past year so the downfield speed is legit he has really good hands a bigger catch radius than you'd expect so there's the upside the downside is he's coming from this super gadgety college offense i think he's gonna have a big transition to make to the next level but you talk about Long-term fantasy upside, I do think Jalen Hyatt beats Josh Downs in, in that department. Interesting. I, I would just push back a little bit in so far as I think that Jalen Hyatt is sort of the Henry Ruggs of the draft a little bit. And I say that not because Henry Ruggs, you know, RIP, um, but like more so the speed guy rather than the guy who's going to get targets. Now, in, in fairness to, to Ruggs and his defenders, he was starting to come on a little bit. But point of the matter is I think that, you know, the chosen Anderson is the type of player I think of when I see Jalen Hyatt. Now, I'm not saying he's not better than him or whatever. I'm just saying that a lot of times these guys are are, are, are running more sort of decoy routes than they are being targeted. And that is a bit concerning. I wonder if he's ever going to be a high target player in the NFL, Jalen Hyatt. He may be a better real life player than a fantasy asset just me sort of galaxy braining his sort of potential outcomes. Yeah, I think that's an argument for Downs over Hyatt in full PPR. If you that you wanted to make that, I think would be fair. Um, yeah, you, know, you point and, and it's 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 cliche, but you point to you know Deshaun Jackson had yeah. big fantasy seasons. Will Fuller, I've seen comp to Jalen Hyatt, which yeah. I don't love that comp. But I mean, these guys, even it, if though. he catches. 55 to 65 balls can still have big fantasy seasons if it's 17 yards per catch with a high touchdown rate, which I do think Hyatt has the potential for. 
especially if he's in a high-powered offense, right? So, I mean, sure. his landing spot probably determines a little bit there. I mean, if it's, a, you know, I always say if you get, you know, a, a pretty good touchdown share, but it's of, you know, Jacoby Brissett's touchdowns versus, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Versus right. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, it's it, yep. it's a difference. So, you know, you got to project that offense out. And, you know, I'd be a little bit more interested if he lands in one of the, you know, the big five, you know, top five quarterback uh, landing spots, Kansas City or something. I mean, geez, Louise, yes. people are going to go yes. crazy. But – you know what that, what's going to happen if that happens? Price will go up too. So it's going to be an interesting play there. So Jalen Hyatt, very, very interesting. And Jalen Hyatt, it, and that brings us to my next group, which sort of overlaps a little bit, which is those speed, you know, yards per catch guys, which is, you know, for me, Jalen Hyatt, Marvin Mims, and you could probably make a case for Trey Palmer, uh, who's a lot of people really, really love Trey Palmer. He's a little bit further down right now in my uh, rankings, but I, I do have actually Marvin Mims over Jalen Hyatt. Maybe that's a mistake, mm-hmm. and and I'm actually ready to be wrong on that too. I mean, I'm ready to even change my mind on that at, at, at will. Um, you know, but these are the guys, high yards per catch, um, you know, downfield targets, good uh, combine speed, right? These guys really showed out. I think Trey Palmer, what did he run? Uh, he ran a 4-3-3. Three, three. That dude's fast. Yeah. You know, that dude's fast. I mean, I know that um, I think uh, – um, Hyatt ran a four four flat, but he, he's fast. Uh, you put turn on the film; he's f- yeah. very very fast down the field. So all three of these guys super super fast. Uh, it sounds like obviously you prefer Hyatt, but do you like these other two? Yeah, I have Mims in the same tier as Hyatt. Like I rank them Hyatt Downs Mims, but they're in the same tier. And I mean, yep. at this point of the process, like if I knew Marvin Mims was going to get drafted within you know ten to fifteen picks of Jalen Hyatt, I think you could definitely make the argument that Mims is the better dynasty prospect. He has the age eighteen breakout. He's yep. the early declare. The guy just turned twenty one years old. Similar mm-hmm. size. I mean, lo- looks like Jalen Hyatt. Similar size. Similar speed. They're going to be used. I think similar, similarly at the NFL level. Easy for you to say. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think having Mims over Jalen Hyatt is crazy at all. Cool. Well, there there it is. Let's end the show. He said I'm not crazy. Let's just fucking wrap it up. Uh, no, I, I, and what about Trey Palmer? Uh, is he way further down? For me, he was, but he's got a lot of good yeah. metrics. I mean, he was – he was three over three. He's the other one. When I look further down, he's the other one that was over three yards per team pass attempt. Yeah. Um, he's got a great body, six foot, 192 at the combine, runs a four, three, three at the combine. Um, you know, his dominator was one of the highest in the class. I mean, his, his reception, uh, his, um, uh, what was it? His, uh, he, he was a late breakout is really the problem here. He's a senior late breakout, right. and those are super scary. So he was really, really productive. But it uh, took him a while to break out. He didn't break out till his 21-year-old season. And, uh, you know, I, I look at one of these weird things I look at, um, Jared, is I look at in your first two seasons, by your sophomore season, what was your best yardage and what was your best touchdown? It's just sort of a marker. And I, I kind of keep track of it. He was one of the worst in the class. I mean, he only had 108 yards best season uh, freshman sophomore season didn't score a touchdown until he you know till his third year so really late breakout even in that way it wasn't like he was flirting with breaking out he was nowhere close yeah it's the production profile that keeps palmer kind of safely below these other guys we're sure. talking about the Jalen heights the marvin mims for me and I, he's a guy i have no idea how the nfl feels about him at this point like i wouldn't be surprised to fall at all if trey if trey palmer is a a, a day three pick yeah uh, but man that 2022 season in terms of market shares was 
awesome. 39% of Nebraska's receiving yards, 53% of the touchdowns, 3.26 yards per route run. That's the second best mark among like the top 30 prospects in this wide receiver class. And the guy can fly, like you said. Um, I I haven't seen testing numbers on Palmer. Have we got any of those yet? I mean, he's six foot 192. So he's actually a little bigger even, at least weight wise, than Jalen Hyatt. He he ran 4.33 at the, uh, the combine. Um, okay. So yeah, he, he's he's a burner, man. And then the other thing, like like you point out, I mean, sometimes here's the thing: is like the forty time equals draft capital <laughs> because yeah. these these NFL GMs can't help themselves. I'm I'm convinced they sort by forty times sometimes uh, <laughs> and just pick. Uh, I'm joking, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Like they do really rise yeah. up. Why though? There, there, there's a reason why they get overdrafted, and we can't count it twice so to speak. we got to be a little bit careful if 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 trey palmer gets a little overdrafted because speed is a, a premium that's how Nicole hardman got drafted they were like he's fast let's fucking give it a shot if he's good and he happens to be good then we have a guy who's good who's fast so we need you know it's yeah. like we can find good players all over the place that are slow that's easy so they take <laughs> a shot it's kind of like a like a a, a pitcher who throws a hundred he can't control it bring him in fuck it sign him i can find a guy that throws 88 with control anywhere Give me the guy yeah. who's got a hundred mile an hour heater, and I'll see if I can teach him control. So this is where these guys get sort of vaulted up the board, and maybe he's right. just uh, you know out of his league a little bit. Is my fear with Trey Palmer? Yeah, two more notes on Palmer. I mean, we, we've talked about how he did nothing his first three seasons, but that was at LSU, where yep. you know it's been wide receiver U for for the past four or five years. Yep. Um, secondly, on him, he's still Trey Palmer. Still only twenty one. He yeah. he turns twenty two next month so he is a younger four-year college yes. player which 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 helps too yes um the, the that's right he look the, the thing we if we talked about this whole draft class right it's one of the worst wide receiver classes in years right i i was saying this in the last like three or four weeks on this show when we talk about the wide receivers it's like so we're not thinking it's deep but it's deep uh with sort of does that make sense? It's deep. I'm not thinking there's going to be a lot of hits, but there's going to be a few that we didn't see really coming because some of these guys are going to be, it's not like there's going to be one or two guys. It's not just going to be one or two guys. There's going to be four, five, six, seven guys that are like, Hey, remember when he went for, and there's a couple that I prefer, but I don't Mm -hmm. want to just get locked in. I want to be open-minded because I don't think we really know. Does that make sense? I think it's relatively deep with like wide receiver three types for, for fantasy, for fantasy football. Yeah. Like I don't see a ton of like exciting upside, but no. I do think you're going to get a handful of these guys that go in round, you know, three, four, five, that end up being, you know, useful fantasy pieces. Agreed. And and the old uh, the old prototype, the X prototypes, which are now more and more scary to draft every single year because we see less and less production from them relative to the rest of the the the, the production, right? Uh, X mm-hmm. prototypes. Well, there's a there's a couple I like. I, I threw Cedric Tillman in there out of Tennessee. Jalen Hyatt's running mate. Uh, yeah. Pretty impressive player. A.T. Perry has been a little bit of a love affair for me lately. I, I'm curious to hear what you think about him. Michael Wilson, who's been great but can't stay healthy, which is probably going to nuke him. Uh, and some people really like Xavier Hutchinson. Of those four, who's your favorite and who do you think has got a chance to actually hit? Uh, it's Tillman easily for me among okay. those guys and i mean you go back if you you rewind to 12 months ago it's tillman we're talking about out of tennessee and not jalen hyatt um and man and you want to talk about upside i think that's where tillman wins because he 
We've talked about the size 6'3, 213, blew up the combine, you know, 454 40, which is a decent time at 213 pounds, but, you know, a 70th percentile vertical and 86th percentile broad jump. Tillman finished with a 96th percentile relative athletic score, which factors in his size. So, um, yeah, the, the 2022 production was lacking, but he did have a nice 2021. And I think, you know, he does have that size speed combo. I saw a lot of Mike Williams when I watched Cedric Tillman, he's going to be the, the outside guy who does win downfield in contested situations. I think that's kind of the upside scenario for, for Cedric Tillman. Yeah. He's a bit of a bully for lack of a better term. He's, a, he's got a big body and he's able to use it well and good hands, uh, played in that, that same offense that we make excuses yep. for Jalen Hyatt and Hendon Hooker for that matter. But, um, you know, we, I, I don't know how much to discount or, or not, um, Cedric Tillman, I, you know, AT Perry, I, I turned on the film and got excited. You know, he, he's long lean. He's faster than Tillman, Tillman ran a four, four, seven at uh six, three, almost six, four, you know, 200 pounds at the combine. Uh, he's got some great peripheries. He also was a little bit of a late breakout, uh, which is concerning. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, so he's not perfect, but I wonder, you know, he, he's pretty impressive. I don't know if you got a chance to really dive into him as a, as a film yet, but I, he's very impressive to watch. And I understood, I was getting a lot of people going, what about A.T. Perry? What about A.T. Perry? I was like, fine, I'll check him out. And I mean, you know, it's sort of average, um, you know, metrics. The film mm-hmm. made me feel like, okay, I'm going to move him up a little bit over the metrics based off of what I saw there. What, what do you think there? Yeah, so you got to be honest. I have not watched AT. I've only watched like half the guys that I need to watch. You know, I know. We, got, we got about a month still, so yep, <laughs> um, but hard. I have not watched <laughs> AT Perry yet. I've seen some other film people I trust though, like him. I'm trying to see where Lance Zierlein. Yeah, I mean, Lance Zierlein has him graded yes. pretty highly as well. Yep. You know, I, I, he's actually part of my model that I have here on these rookies. Um, Zierlein has him as his wide receiver nine in the class. Yep. Knock against A.T. Perry would be, you know, the production profile. He didn't break out till he was almost 22. He's 23 and a half years old already right yes, now. That's right. really to clear. Um, so he's another guy. Draft capital is going to be huge. Like if he gets day two draft capital, I'll, I'll probably be at least semi in on him. Yep. I, that's exactly right. Well, well said. It's it, there's, you know, when we it's like almost every single prospect, you could be like, yeah, but. It's the Yabut class. I mean, and yep. w- the running backs are even almost more so. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't catch passes. Yeah, but he's 180 pounds. Yeah, but he's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's got a wart that you just can't get rid of. Um, and there's a lot of that in this in this class. Um, yep. You know, Michael Wilson, you know, if you just sort of look at him from a game to game basis, like in other words, when he plays, if, yep. if somehow you could just <laughs> scrunch his games played into like one thing, He's really good. He was really good at the senior bowl mm-hmm. and you know, they loved him there, but he's hurt every other game, every single season. That seems like basically a, a, a no go for NFL teams, which makes it an absolute yeah. no go for us. But I want to just sort of keep his name alive because if someone does draft him, as you say, day two has to be otherwise forget him. Um, but if somehow he does get that draft capital, very, very interesting profile. Cause he's a hell of a player. Yeah, he tested better than I expected him to right. as well. So he's he's six two two thirteen ninety fourth percentile relative athletic score for yeah. for Michael Wilson. Now, you know he he had, he he broke out as a, a sophomore. Yes, he didn't really take a big step forward the, the next two years. No, he didn't. So play. I don't know if he's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's like capped out at what he is, which would be would be fine. But yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Let's let's see what kind of draft capital he gets. Super but the size. Scary. 
yeah, I mean, the size athleticism combo alone makes him interesting. Yeah, it's funny because it's like kind of like the he's like the Roshan Johnson of a different sort. Like in other words, mm-hmm. you you see it in the first year. Like like he 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 had a pretty good uh, six hundred and seventy two yards and five touchdowns, best season by sophomore season. That's like pretty good. I mean, it's not yep. elite or anything, but it's pretty pretty respectful. And then it's never that was his best season, I think, you know, in total. Yeah. So it's like you look back and go, well, what happened? Then you hear the stories, and then I talk to people early in the offseason. They're like, yeah, yeah dude, hamstring, recover from the hamstring, hurt a knee, ankle, blah, blah. It's like, oh, geez, this kind of guy. It's like, no, is that bad luck, or is this guy just, you know, not not built for the game? Well, you look at me, six two two thirteen. Right. I don't know, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like super scary. We all fell in love with these uh, – look, slot. We talked about it early in the in the show how these players are going more and more to the slot. I was absolutely in love with Tank Dell because uh, that was one of the first – like so a lot of times – this is funny how I do my film work. A lot of times I just turn on highlights <laughs> and then if I like a guy, I'm like, oh, I just mark him down like early because I don't watch a lot of college football like you. So I'm like, oh, I'll just – you know, I, I like that guy. Well, I turned on like Tank Dell highlights. I swear to God, it's one of the like if you're ever just <laughs> having a bad day, just go turn on Tank Dell highlights on your YouTube's, and you'll just feel a whole lot better. Especially if it's the one where there's like the announcer because it's like Tank Dell, and like they just go nuts, dude. And this guy has fucking five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, just ripping fools all day long, yeah. wide open, running touchdown, spiking the football, and I was like. Well, that's a fun. That's a fun player. His name is fucking Tank. He's the smallest dude on the on the <laughs> yeah. field. I was super excited, and then I learned that really, I should have just been looking at Charlie Jones the whole time because mm. I guess Charlie Jones is a better player than Tank Dell. I'm an idiot. I fell for the shiny toy, but of Tank Dell, Charlie Jones, and another guy I want to throw in here because he is one of the ones that I'm actually very high on is Jaden Reed. Of these slots. Who are seniors who you got man tank dell looks awesome on tape he looks awesome on paper you want to look at you know the the dominator rating pff grade yards yes. per out run everything looks awesome senior bowl and then he's a he's 165 pounds <laughs> like at some and i don't know exactly where the cutoff is but there's some cutoff where like it's just tough to do it in the nfl to at least do it the way we need it to be done for, for fantasy. Like he, he, he can be a nice player for an NFL team, a guy who plays, you know, 50, 60% of the, the, the snaps. He, he, you know, gets a few screens every game, but man, that's awfully small to be someone that we can rely on totally. in our, our dynasty lineup. So that's my issue with tank Dell. My issue with Charlie Jones, just the fact that he's super old. Yeah. <laughs> he's already, he's already old. 20. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I mean, Tank Dell's 23. Yeah. Curly Jones is already 24 and didn't break out until this past season. So that's my only, <laughs> know. like he, know. you know, he, he's like a, he's like a, you know, senior playing like modified high school or something this yes. past season. So yes. um, that's my issue with him. So, I mean, Jaden Reed is my favorite of course. among these guys. Yes. Um, you know, he has a nice college production profile. He was a standout at the senior bowl. So he's the guy I'm most excited about. He, he also was a special team star, which could get him a little bit of elevated draft capital because a team can say, hey, look, even if he's not yada yada, we can still do you know special teams. So I think Jaden Reed – and look, special teams players, guys who played and dominated in special teams in college actually fare better in the NFL anyway because, it's, yep. of course, it stands to reason. Oh, you're awesome 
so let's let, let's have you return kicks and punts because you're the fucking man. Uh, <laughs> you're the man. So then you're good. You know, this sort of stands to reason. Uh, long story short, yeah, I, 100%. I'm way, way higher on Jaden Reed than these other two guys. I feel like yeah. uh, Charlie Charlie Jones or whatever his name is is like the arbitrage play on my on my uh, love love affair with Tank Dell. You know, the, the, <laughs> when I saw Tank Dell play, I actually thought he was going to be like a four three five player. And if he's a four three five player, then he's got double utilization. He can be an outside yeah. and a slot. But he, I think he ran like a four four. Where the hell is he? He ran a four four nine. And at 165 pounds, I'm out. I'm out. I mean, it's just you're a slot only. You're cool. You have a great name. It'll be fun to push the button for you in a dynasty draft, but it's a wasted pick probably almost 100% of the time. And for those reasons, I'm now out. But I was so, so sad because, look, if he's a low 4-3s player, you know, again, I hate to do this, but it's it's on the the Tyreek Hill spectrum where you're starting to say, oh, you can make – those kinds of plays, the downfield plays, he's no ty- you know, Tyree yeah. Hill. I'm not suggesting that. But with that speed, you start to open up that door. Um, he doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah and even with Tyree Hill, I mean, Tyree Hill's got, what, 10 to 15 pounds on, on Tank Dell. So that's what, I, that's what I keep coming back to with Dell is just the size. Um, and go, back to Jaden Reed real yes, quick. Um, exactly. You know, that's where I want to go. Non, <laughs> non-early, de- non-early declare, yeah. but broke out as a true freshman yes, at Western Michigan in 2018. So, yes. you know, it's not a perfect analytical profile, but, you know, that the early breakout um, definitely helps offset the, the non-early declare thing. And the non-early declare because of transfer. You know, yep. th- let's face it, if he were where he was the whole time and broke out, you know, you have to piece it together. But with Jaden yep. Reed, you can actually start to tell a story where, hey, he had to stay an extra year because he transferred. I think he transferred after his second year or first year. I, I got to look back. I can't remember. But, yeah, he did. He broke out early with 788 yards and eight touchdowns by his true sophomore season, 27 career touchdowns, uh, breakout age of 18, which is great. Ran a four four five. It was sort of a slot-only type of player or at least – thought of that way way mm-hmm. way closer to a uh, pro- prototypical size right now I, I call prototypical size six foot 200 now it used to be taller it used to be heavier right uh that's coming down prototype is look jamar chase and justin jefferson are both six feet 200 he's 511 187 so very very close to that ran faster than a lot of these other guys at that size absolutely love Jaden reed He's the guy that I think he's going to be available to us in our dynasty uh, drafts in the third round. If there's not a running back or something else that you like, I think Jaden Reed's going to be an absolute steal. And he actually does have, in my humble opinion, the actual upside to be a play everywhere all over the field. You know, Z stretch because he's got the speed and slot and he could be a volume player at the NFL. He actually could be potentially one of those superstars. Again, he has that upside if you if you agree with that. And he seems like a guy the NFL will like. You know, we'll find out for sure in a month here. But I, I would expect him to go on day two um, because, because the tape's good. He, you know, he had the good senior bowl. And because, like you said, he has that special teams value, which I yes. think is, is huge. Yep, absolutely. Hey, so a couple guys that, like, man, I don't know. Like, after his freshman year, Kayshawn Boutte was like, I mean, yeah. he was the next guy. He was like, you know, it was like, yeah. you know, he was probably – there was a point where Kayshawn Boutte was the – Wide receiver one, if you're doing a Devi draft or whatever. I mean, he was there, man. He was unbelievable. Everybody thought he was great. And now I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to make of him. Uh, Rashi Rice a little bit got a little bit of a meh from the Senior Bowl and through the process. Nobody's 
saying, oh, he yep. sucks, but nobody's getting too excited. These two guys, I feel like, are just sort of drifting in the middle of nowhere. Like, nobody's saying they love him. Nobody's calling him out as, as fraud. Well, maybe a little bit Boutte calling him a fraud. But <laughs> are they? Are they good? Or what, what What should I make of these two guys? So, Boutte reminds me a bit of Justin Ross in that mm. I, ju- I just think the injuries have just He's not the same player he was. I think it was it was what I think it was double ankle surgeries for for Butte and just and since then you, the film he's just not the same player on tape. So if you believe yeah, he can rediscover, he's like the, the doctor year. in Misery. Have you seen the movie Misery? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> he's got the double ankles. I mean, is it's right. uh, that could be the show title too? Kayshawn Butte <laughs> Misery. Uh, there we go. We found it. But yeah, great take. I mean, really, it is. I mean, injuries can sap you, and he yeah. ran awfully. I mean, he, he he didn't he run like one of them was like a four six three, like a second attempt. I was like, yeah. oh no! He ran like a four yeah. five something, then ran like like tried to get better, and he ran like a four six three. Like, oh, never mind, a four five is good. <laughs> All right, and so I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't think you're a doctor, but I mean, so I'd be curious to get some you know medical takes on you know whether he can rediscover that freshman year form. Because if he can, that you know then he he has upside that I'd be interested in. But um, Rashi Rice is a guy I like because just all the stuff I look at on paper, he he checks all the boxes. He has the size, 6'1", 204, 96th percentile relative athletic score, strong market share stuff, strong yards per route run, 3.05 yards per route run this past season, one of the best marks in this class. I heard all the stuff you did about him, you know, not looking great at the senior ball, but he, uh, Rice is still a guy I want to yeah. be in on just because of the analytical profile. He, he, he didn't brings. look bad. He just didn't make it. Like, I think people were expecting him to be the, like, to be like, Oh, did you see Rashi Rice? Like, and maybe some of that was stolen a little bit by the tank Dell nonsense. I mean, it is a mm-hmm. one-on-ones drill and a guy who's like a jitterbug can kind of win. There were literally cornerbacks who were like, I don't want to go up against tank Dell. I mean, that's ridiculous. So that means, I mean, he's not that good, you know, as a, as a prospect. So that clearly skews the, the, the exercise of what they're doing, you know, at the senior bowl. But again, he wasn't, outstanding either he wasn't the alpha dog that went out there and was like yo this is my fucking you know the debo that's my bike yeah and he's probably not an alpha dog at the next level honestly like if he he could become a number two wide receiver for an nfl team and then they'd be an excellent excellent result for you know both the nfl team and and fantasy so you know the uh the landing spot that everybody is like super excited for rashi is opposite of justin jefferson which is exactly what you're saying yep Uh, that would work yeah that would that would definitely work uh, any, anybody else that, uh, you know, on the board that you say, you know, Hey, Scotty, man, you missed this one. You know, I mean, we talk about all these motherfuckers and you didn't even talk about, is there anybody I missed or, or are we just, can we just put it away? Well, I, I got one more name for you. Going back to the, the smaller slot guy discussion, Tyler Scott out of yeah. Cincinnati, you know, he's only, he's only 5'10", 177, but he tested well, 83rd percentile RAS score, um, 40 and a half percent dominator rating this, this past season. And he's an early declare. Yes. So to me, you know, he 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 belongs with those other slot guys we were talking about. A guy who I I expect to get day two draft capital, and you know, maybe someone that you know kind of creeps in at the round two of our dynasty rookie drafts. Yeah, the sneaky uh, early declares down the board are Tyler Scott and Parker Washington out of Penn State. The guy I kind of like a little tiny bit just because of his utility and his uniqueness is Puka Nakua. Um, mm-hmm. who's, you know, a senior, but he's 6'2", 201. They sort of uh, liken him to a, you know, uh, Debo light. You know, he's not 220, but, you know, 201, he, he can rush the football. Um, you know, late break, really never broke out, actually. You know, I mean, yeah. essentially, not, not no breakout age, but, you know, was not an early breakout. Um, 
so he it's probably there's probably nobody back here that we're you know we're, we're missing um there's a couple yeah. of them what's the kid uh, i'm trying to remember his name the the six three two twenty five kid that ran fast the hyphenated name i'm forgetting his name what's his name uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yeah, there you go. Bryce Ford Wheaton. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that that's like a DK Metcalf replica. Derek Young is another <laughs> one. He's kind of a bum. I mean, it could have been the other guy I was thinking of, but I thought there was one other yep. person I was thinking of that just came through that's like this, like I have him on one of my dynasty leagues. You look at me like, oh geez, it's DK Metcalf with literally Without. zero career catches, you know? <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I mean Derek Derek Young, 6'2", 225. It, it, uh, yeah, it's a perfect, it's a perfect a big, guy. So we'll, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll go there real quick. So, yeah, I mean, he's got the DK, DK Metcalf profile as well as the Derek young profile, which is like, you know, could be just a big, fast, strong, awesome athlete that never does anything. I mean, the kid's still a young player. He could do something, but you know, my point, like it, it could be literally zero, but he's got this sort right. of like uh, alluring upside, but probably when you're drafting, that guy, you should probably be taking a tight end or a running back in your dynasty draft, yeah. eh? I, I, I think so. It always comes down to draft capital for me with those yes. types. Like if the NFL or even a single team tells me they like this guy enough to even spend like a fourth round pick on him, yes. then I'm a lot more interested. Yeah, um, just going back quick to, to yeah. Puka Nakua, first yeah. of all, awesome, awesome name. Yes. Um, I have 30 wide receivers in my database here. He leads all 30 in 2022 PFF receiving grade and 2022 yards per route run so he was awesome this past season now like you said it was his fourth year he's an older guy um but that fact alone makes him someone at least at least worth keeping an eye on when we get there to the draft go. next month i did not know he had the highest pff draft i mean uh uh receiving grade. that's pretty awesome he like i said yeah. he's he's a darling of a lot of people a lot of people watch him and like no no he's he's good you know what i mean so yeah can he kind of fly through i mean we've seen you know debo samuel and steph Diggs and players like that get that late that late capital as seniors and you know, you're not really sure because of injuries. And that's why sometimes you have to like look a little deeper because sometimes these guys unearth themselves from not out of nowhere. I mean, we knew, I, we certainly knew those two guys. I mean, they were, they were, uh, you know, uh, Diggs had the knee injury, etc. but you know what I'm saying? These guys sometimes sure. can be, uh, unearthed. So let, let, let's do this. We got to talk quarterbacks. We got to touch the running backs before I let you go. And of course, we're running long because I'm long-winded. But <laughs> I will ask you this: um, the quarterbacks. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to think of it in two ways, and and I, so I'm going to ask it to you in two ways. The first way: mm-hmm. rank the quarterbacks, and, and we'll just do the top five, right? You know, the, the 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 main the main players. If you think there's someone else that is above them, go ahead and put them there. But rank these quarterbacks in order. In this order, if you and I are running an NFL franchise, right? Mm-hmm. We're co-GMs. We're gonna make we have the one pick or whatever, we have a top five pick. We need to put those those quarterbacks in order of NFL draft, me and you running a team, best quarterback yeah. prospect for that purpose only. Put them put them in order. Yeah, and I, I hate to have this answer because it's boring, but my order is actually the same That's for okay. both NFL and fantasy. Now kind of where they fall in tiers is different. But for me, the order is yeah. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker. Interesting. And for me, if I'm running an NFL team, it's it's Stroud and Young clear and above the the, the, the rest of the pack just because I think the safety they bring. And I know, you know it's boring to, to lean on safety, but I do. If I'm, if I'm running an NFL team and I have a top five pick and I'm taking a quarterback, like I, I don't want to – swing and miss on that and i think stroud and young are relatively safe bats whereas i I can't say that about either of the other three guys 
Agreed. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly right. I mean, and it may be wrong, but it feels right. Uh, you know, no, you, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes we're wrong about this stuff and we look back and we're like, remember oh, sure. when we thought Bryce Young was good? You know, you chuckle and you're like, that <laughs> fucking guy, man. I mean, it just happens, you know? So I'm, I'm saying, but I'm saying from a, from the way I see the data, from the way I see everything, I couldn't agree more that the other three have issues that are very concerning and the top two don't, you know, they don't have, well, maybe Bryce Young's size a little bit, but that's, yeah. A small, small issue. Um, and, and for that reason, I'm with you. I have Stroud ahead of Young. I, I wonder as a – so here's here's where I've gone. I, I appreciate that, right? So as a, the, the, the players that they are for the NFL, great, I agree. I actually have Hooker ahead of Levis. And maybe mm-hmm. if we're running an NFL team, I may just pass on Richardson altogether because of his warts. And if you think about it, a rushing quarterback is so fucking valuable for fantasy – but uh, yeah. it's not that valuable in the NFL. If you can't, you the prerequisite is that you are able to throw, and then if you yeah. have athleticism, it's unbelievable advantage. But if you can't throw, the athleticism is no longer anything because you can't throw, so it doesn't matter. You're 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 punting. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. So to me, the the sort of point of entry is that you must be able to. I always say throw the ball on target and on time. It's going to be third yeah. and eight, man. It's going to be third and eight. It's going to be third and eight. Can you fucking get it done? And and look, that's the answer of good quarterback, bad quarterback, because they're all pretty fucking good in the NFL. So for me, I look at it third and eight. Can these guys get it done? Hooker may be my, my quarterback three. He's been very productive. But again, gimmicky offense. I'm with you. There's some questions there too. So maybe just lean on the Richardson upset. Okay, but in fantasy, if Richardson plays – Right. <laughs> if he just yes. plays, he can be shitty. I don't give a shit what he is. He's going to be awesome for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, Justin Fields is almost his floor. And, and, and it might be right. rude to Justin Fields because I think it Justin is. Fields is, yeah. is is a better passer yes. than Richardson. But I, I mean, that's the type point. of rushing. That's the type of rushing upside we're talking about right out of the gate. Now, yes. the question with Richardson, how many games does he does he play in the NFL? Yep. Like, he he's a guy who could be – Probably not out of the league in four years, but nowhere near a starting job in four years. Yep. So that's the the floor. And we should be more worried about the ceiling and fantasy. And that's why Richardson is right there with Young and Stroud for me in terms of dynasty rookie quarterback rankings because of the upside. But yeah. just that the, the downside, the fact that you know you could be in super flex, you could be spending the you know second overall pick on this guy and he he might be nowhere near your lineup in, in three years. That's just that's scary to me. So it's as simple as that, isn't it? That basically Anthony Richardson is a, you know, a swing from the heels, you know? Yep. It's a 3-0 fastball and you close your eyes and swing. For sure, yeah. And listen, we all know he's going to be a, a round one pick. I'm curious to see because, you know, now there's talk of him. Well, there's some talk of him being the number one overall pick, which <laughs> yes, I think would be crazy. Yes, I think we'll there may be a little bit of smoke, but I, it's coming. Yeah. But yeah. it's sounding more and more like he's going to be a top five pick. Yes. And that, yep. that would make me like him a little bit more because when you, you know, there's a difference between a, a fourth overall pick and a 20th overall pick. Yes. Like the, the guy that goes 20 is still going to get his fair share of chances to be an NFL starter. But a guy that goes four, like those, that's a guy who is going to get chance after chance after chance when the team invests that much in him. So it, it, again, if Richardson does go that high, I might think about moving him, you know, up my dynasty quarterback rankings. And you can generally still gain – you can still tr- – I, I just mentioned this to Chalk last week, and 
you know, he's a pragmatist and he's a, he's such an awesome dynasty player. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically out on Richardson because of all the metrics. You know, he just looks at it and he's like, he's yeah. an outlier. So I'm not going to bet on that shit. Bullshit. Right. You know? So he's out. I, I, I agree with that. I, I get that. I see that. But I'm also, I, I've pushed back on him and I said, Hey, but if, if he's, even if he's like bad at, you know, real football, he's going to be productive in fantasy. You can trade him still. Like there's going to be someone in your league who will buy him for fir- like you can always recoup the value. I mean, not always, but you, yep. there will be a window for you to recoup the value, even if he's a washout, basically, because you know he the only the only thing that you could like it's like you say if he's Malik Willis and he doesn't get drafted, that's a totally different answer. But you're right, at top five, he's going to see his opportunity at some point. I mean, even Trey Lance right now is still a top mm-hmm. fifteen uh, quarterback, uh, yep. you know, in in dynasty, and so. That- that, that, that's a great point. Like Lance, at, up until this point of his career, is is kind of the floor for Richardson. And like you said, you you could still get a, a decent amount. Now it's it's always tough to know when to pull the trigger on a trade, and it's yes. tough to you know take eighty cents on the dollar on a trade when you, you spend you know a top three or four rookie pick on a guy. Um, yeah. So maybe easier said than done to an extent. But you're right. Like he's not he's not going to go from you know being worth a dollar to being worth fifteen cents overnight. If you wanted to sell low on Trey Lance, basically in a super flex league, selling low would be any future first. Well mm-hmm. any future first you'll have another shot at some sort of player like Lance. I mean, you know, not I mean it could be the one twelve. I get that. But you know, basically, yep. you know, you should never think a play a pick is going to be one oh one or one oh one twelve. It's always you know somewhere in there. And and there'll be someone there. You know, there'll be that yep. year's Anthony Richardson at the 104, whatever. So, yeah, I think, excuse me, I think that's a, that's a, a correct way of looking at these quarterbacks. And um, I, I think that's a solved equation. I I have seen, and I just have to, I have to tell my people because, listen, you, you, you hopefully you know and love Felix Sharp. I've had Felix on this program a multitude of times for the reasons that you mentioned you don't watch college football. Felix, a college football guy, comes on here, makes me smarter about the college players because I don't watch it. Early in the year, like um, a couple months ago, he said, if there were odds for Will Levis to not be drafted in the first round, I would take those fucking odds. He goes, I go, those would be great odds. He goes, that's why I want them. Find them for me. I'm betting it. And it was a crazy take because he was top five. You know, everybody's got him top five. And now you, you do you hear the smoke rumbling on this Will Levis falling out of the first round? It's coming. It's coming. Yep. They had him. Uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him mocked at like 18 or 19. I forget exactly mm-hmm. where, but like he's falling, so to speak. Could he fall out of the first round and make Felix Sharp the fucking smartest <laughs> guy ever? Is this possible? Seems possible. And yes. I look at his I look at his profile and I don't think it's crazy. Now, listen, again, I'm <laughs> right. not a college football guy. I've had people tell me that, you know, I know Levis was banged up last season. Kentucky was not very good. You know, they lost their OC from the previous season. They lost Wondell Robinson, all that stuff. So there are, are excuses for him. Yes. But I mean, you're a fir- you're a first round, you're a potential top ten pick. Like you, I think he should have put up better numbers than he did, despite those issues around him. So yeah, I mean, he's clearly my quarterback for in the class, and I don't even think having you know Hendon Hooker. You talk about um, Daniel Jeremiah's mock. Hendon Hooker snuck into the first round of that, only like five or six picks behind Will Levis. Bingo. Yeah, they're like four picks apart, and and yeah. so I, I I tweeted it as soon as I saw it. I said my Hendon Hooker better than Will Levis takes are starting to. Starting to not look so silly, are they? Because it's really hard for me, you know. As I, I do dynasty rankings, I have my dynasty rankings up, and I had Hooker over Levis, and I was like, "This, how, how do I? How do I? I can't contextualize this to my 
followers to, to the people who are on that on my website looking at those rankings because if I could, I would say, listen, I like Hendon Hooker better than Will Levis. But if the NFL likes Will Levis as a top ten pick yeah. and Hooker's a, a, a you know a second round pick or a third round pick, well then I won't have this ranking this way as a dynasty bit of advice. So it's, but I can't put that in the rankings. You know they, they don't allow for that. Now certainly this podcast allows me to give that long winded answer and for people to understand it. Like hey, at value I'd much rather see Hendon Hooker and and now it looks like maybe the NFL fucking agrees yeah. with me. So we'll see about all that too, because that still could be Will Levis goes five overall and uh, Hennon Hooker's an early third. That's not a solved equation, but there are some rumblings that are making this take a little bit more cogent than it was at first. So kind of happy to see it. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up those points because for me, and just kind of, kind of an overall process discussion for me at quarterback more than any other position, it's yeah. draft capital for me. And it's, it's what, you know, people, quote unquote, smarter than me think about these guys as far as, you know, the tape, because quarterback's tough to evaluate. For me, like on paper, I want to see the athleticism and rushing ability. Yeah. That that's kind of what I can and beyond that, it's, you know, I want the guys that go high in the draft that are going to get starting opportunities and get multiple starting opportunities. Um so so yeah, if if Hooker and Levis do end up going within five picks of each other, I don't think having Hooker, you know, higher in Dynasty is is crazy at all. Yeah, and, and and I've been pretty simple with my quarterback evaluations. Sure, I'll watch them, and it's really tough to watch and understand because you don't always know the play call. You don't know what the, his he, he's taught to do. Because if I mm-hmm. tell you, I want you to read this guy and read him long and make sure because if the safety trails, you're doing it. Well, and oh, he did, see, he never got to the backside. It's like, well, maybe he was never taught to on that. I, I can't tell you what the play call is specifically from the coaching aspect. You know, you can see the schematics of the play, and maybe the guy on the backside was wide open. But if he's literally taught to not look there because of the, who knows, right? There's all the different things. There's so much game within a game that it's very, very difficult for us not knowing, and some of us not having any of the all 22 is even harder because it's really hard to see how the play develops. But all that being said, what I try to do is I look at two very important things, a a number of important things on anatomy, but in terms of uh, statistical passing, it's like completion percentage and yards per attempt. You know, it's like, can you complete at a high percentage and throw the ball downfield? And then one last one, interception percentage. You know, if you can do all of those three things at a high level, meaning, complete a high percentage of your passes to your own team, not very many to the other team, and throw it down the field, you're probably pretty good. And so I look at those three data points as my most important and then just kind of go from there. Of course, draft capital, if if yeah. all those four things match, I'm, I'm home free. And that's why C.J. Stroud's my number one without a question. Yeah. yeah, the completion percentage point is an awesome one. I mean I- – Josh Allen as the outlier, but you know, yes. in most in most cases, quarterbacks don't get more accurate from college to the NFL. Like you, right. that, that doesn't you, you don't develop accuracy. If you're inaccurate in college, you're going to be inaccurate in the NFL. So again, you know, that's the concern with Richardson. That's the concern with Will Levis, even who you know had okay completion percentages, but definitely not at the level of a CJ Stroud or yes, that, that's, yep. An, that's yep. an issue. A lot of too. mistakes. Yep. Um, yep. Let's go to the running backs. Uh, we we will do the obligatory talk for a moment about Bijan <laughs> because he's there, and we'll say, "Oh, Bijan's awesome." I don't really think there's much to talk about. I will say that I think he's a perfect player for the modern game. Um, he he he's look. He ran a four four six on film. He doesn't look like the fastest guy in the world, so he's not, and it stands to reason he's he's very good. I mean, you know, these are. 
very good numbers, four, four, six at his size, like really, really outstanding, but he's not JT. He's not one of these like super burners, but it doesn't need to be. So I'm not even worried about it, but what he, what his Superman skill is, is he's an all purpose weapon. He's a, he, he can go anywhere on the field and become one of the better players, wherever he is slot outside, like cross the middle, running a route, catching the football, running the football inside, outside. Like he is just an all terrain weapon that can be used on every single down. And for that reason, he profiles as an easy RB one and uh, he does everything so well. So he's kind of the, the outlier in those ways. Do you agree with that? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the closest thing we've seen to Saquon Barkley since yep. Barkley came into the league, and probably the closest thing we'll see for the next handful of years at least. So, you know, yeah. B- is, is Bijan your one-on-one in Superflex as well? Yeah, and I think I can start to make a case for C.J. Stroud, especially if he goes one-on-one overall, um, because, of course, Superflex, quarterbacks matter. But I think the reason that I have Bijan one-on-one is, like, if you were – Easy question, right? It's like if you were asking, what's the surest thing you would bet on in this, like in this class? It's like Bijan will be a good mm-hmm. bet running back. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like it's just yes. the, it's the surest bet on the on the board. That's why he's the one on one. It's not because he'll hold the most value in a year or two because he probably won't. Because it's probable that one of the quarterbacks will stick and become, yep. you know, maybe more valuable than a right. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. these top ten quarterbacks. If he's anywhere close to a Dak. Kirk Cousins type of player anywhere in there in that sort of vicinity. If if CJ Stroud can get there, it's more valuable mm-hmm. than any of these, you know, RB two to RB. You know, right? It's like Brees Hall or you know or, or, or Trevor Lawrence. It's like, well, Trevor Lawrence, dude. You know, it's like right. So, but I, I would much rather bet on the fact that he'll be yes more valuable than than uh, you know nine times out of ten than C, than CJ Stroud. If that makes sense, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the chance Stroud and, and Bryce Young, those guys could bust. It would not shock me if not if, if Bijan busted. I'd be shocked. Exactly. That's right. It's <laughs> like, I, 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 it's the easiest bet on the board. So make it if, if you're at the one point oh one. You know, and if if you're if you want to take some risk, uh, let someone pay you for it. Move down and take CJ Stroud at number two because you basically know Bijan's going one. And if for whatever reason you trade down and they take CJ Stroud, you got Bijan anyway. So it's like it's a it's a no cost move if you're just like, hey, I, I don't want to spend the one on one on Bijan just because I'd rather a quarterback. Well, then don't you know trade down, get your value. Bijan's locked in one on one for those reasons, and I don't think there's any reason to not take him there. I would just make sure that if you don't take him, you get value to move out of there. Fair points. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Moving on. Because he's a solved equation. Now some guys <laughs> that are not solved equations. In the running back anatomy that I do of elite running backs, I really, really like early declares. We like early declares at the at the uh, uh, wide receiver position as well, as you've pointed out multiple occasions, which is why you're smart, which is why you're on this program, which is why you're killing it. Thank you, Jared Smola. Appreciate you, brother. Um but we also like it at the running back position a little less so. Uh, there can be some excuses and reasons, you know. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne damn well could have been early declares. They chose not to. They probably improved their draft capital, etc. But some of these guys weren't really able to. Uh, I don't think Zach Charbonnet and Roshan Johnson were going to be, you know, early day two picks last yeah. year. So it's not like that's why they held. They, they kind of needed to come back and. Here we are, but Zach Charbonnet is kind of the consensus RB3 right now, and I don't have a problem with it um, at all, quite frankly. But, um, you know, 
it's possible that Roshan is just as good. And if they're both drafted, yeah. you know, mid second, mid third, you know, if that, that's not that big a difference. Is there a difference between these two guys as players? I don't think so. I think Roshan Johnson might be more talented, but I'm curious to see what the NFL says about that. Roshan, yeah. if I could know, if I could know the draft capital of one guy right now, I might pick Roshan Johnson. He's just <laughs> yeah. so intriguing to me because he might, he could be the RB two in this class, honestly. Yeah, we just don't know because he was behind Bijan. You can't hold that against the guy. I do like Charbonnet though. I think um, I think I think James Connor is the perfect comp for him. Enough enough size to be the lead ball carrier for a team, and enough pass catching ability to also you know handle some of that work. So I think you know Charbonnet is interesting because he could be a three down back, which is pretty rare nowadays, and I think it's pretty rare in this draft class. Charbonnet answered some questions too. Um, you know, we weren't sure this, we had this pod last year before, you know, the, the, they declared for the draft. It was early mm-hmm. in the off season and Charbonnet was thinking about coming out and, um, there, we're a bit more down on him. I, again, I don't watch college football. So I was just like having conversations with college football, mostly Felix when, you know, when he helped me, uh, get sort of prepared. And in that time, you know, he was like, eh, I'm not sure Charbonnet, more of a grinder, two down guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, cause he came from that, you know, Michigan system and caught some passes here uh, at, at UCLA. Now he wasn't a yep. downfield threat, but he caught a lot of them. And so he was, he proved that he could be useful as a three down player in the NFL. And then he goes out and runs a four, five, three at his size. That's pretty darn good. You know, so it's not like amazing, but he's got you know a pretty good uh, speed score, good enough over a hundred speed score, four five three, very very good. Um, was an early producer, um, just a really good player. Uh, showed good burst too. That's where he kind of beats Roshan too. He's a little bit more bursty of an athlete. Um, he was a great tackle breaker. I think it's clearly um, Charbonnet right now, but I think Roshan's mm-hmm. so intriguing as you point out because he came into college as this sort of you know five star or whatever. Uh, I think he was five star. He's like the captain of the team. He's the clear like alpha of the senior bowl. Like wh- wh- wherever he goes, people are like, dude, this guy's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's this type of person. And so if he's at all, I mean, he ran a four, five, eight, not great. He didn't have a, that great of burst, but he seems to just sort of have the the it factor. So I mean you know, that may be just good enough for him to command a backfield. I kind of uh, equated him to Brian Robinson, you know, and, and just wondering mm-hmm. if he's better or worse than that. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's a fair question, right? It is. Um, I, yeah, I think Char- Charbonnet at least showed us the pass catching stuff, which yep. Roshan hasn't. He didn't have a chance to because he's playing behind Bijan. So, and I, I know he's good in pass protection. Roshan is, which you know we don't care about in fantasy, but it, you know it does help guys stay on the field and have chances to, to catch passes. So, I think Roshan has the ability to contribute in the passing game. It's just more of a projection than it is for for Charbonnet. So, again, that's why you know draft capital notwithstanding, I prefer Charbonnet at this point. But you know, th- those could easily flip flop in a month. You know, Roshan, 23 catches uh, his best season, 56 catches over his uh, four-year career at Texas. Um, You know, that's in line with, you know, guys like Tank Bigsby and Chase Brown as players, you know, in that basically uh, similar uh, amount of catches. Tajay Spears and, uh, you know, that type of thing. Um, Not that far off from uh, Bijan, actually. Of course, Bijan did it in three years, but 26 catches and 60 for his career. Obviously, Bijan, you know. But um, just kind of interesting. Um, I I got one for you. This is going to be fun. You ready for this? 
Yep. I'm going to give you a profile. Just okay. a profile. It's not going to be a player. Just a profile. And you tell me where this guy should go in an NFL draft. At, right? <laughs> so early declare. BMI just under 30. I mean 30. So this guy is definitely stout for his, you know, his height. Uh, best season catches, 49 catches. Career catches, 116. Mm. He had 1800 over 1800 yards all-purpose yards by his true sophomore season. This is a running back now. Very good burst. He averaged five and a half yards per carry for his career, 11 yards a catch. He was the best in the class at 1.76 yards per team pass attempt through the air. Sounds like an elite back to me, doesn't it? So that's at least a round two guy. Oh, wait. Did I, I, he's 5'5", 179. <laughs> oh. Dude, uh, Vaughn, sorry. I know. That's sorry. He's the tank. He's the tank Dell of, yes. the, of the running back class, right? Dude, what the, like if you just cover uh, all of it and go, wait, 1800 yards before his true sophomore season, he has 116 career catches. What dude, he's what he's 1.76 yards per team pass attempt. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? That's like the best mark. You know, just to give you an idea, Jameer Gibbs's past season was 1.36 by far better than most everybody else. Like, Unbelievable. Evan Hall had what 55 catches or some shit, and it was mm-hmm. 1.31. 1.76 yards per team pass attempt for for uh Deuce Vaughn. Uh absolutely unbelievable. I just thought I'd do that. I thought that would be fun. I, I'm sorry I did that too. Um it's, it's sad too, because you know, yeah, what could have been. What could have yeah, been. been. We'll we'll get we'll get a little bit. Hey, the the promised group. I've got this this group of of players. They're all early declares. And a lot of them have fallen from favor. Everything's a little bit scrambled with these four players. Jameer Gibbs is clearly the the, the running back two for most, but he was 199 pounds. Not everybody loves that. Uh, There's a little bit of a question there. Sean Tucker, health, draft capital, Zach Evans. You and I are going to talk about Zach Evans and Tank Bigsby. (laughs) But all four of these guys, like when, when they were freshmen, it was like, oh, dude, that's the tw- that's why everybody was trading for these fucking 2023 picks in the first place. Literally, those four guys plus Bijan, that was it. Maybe a couple other, but basically that was it. Zach Evans, you know, all these guys, Sean Tucker. It was like, oh, my God, dude, you see this class? And now we're like, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, I guess I guess Gibbs. What do you think here, man? I mean, you're the I'm- you're the hater of Zach Evans with with everybody else. <laughs> I can't believe I became the Zach Evans hater. I didn't know much about the guy a month ago, but which yeah, again goes back to I had kind of a different perspective on this stuff than a lot of other people that do this. But um, yes. I mean, so just starting, starting with Gibbs, I the one ninety nine does not scare me. I feel I think if if he was two oh two, it'd be less of a discussion. But the fact I that know. he just didn't quite reach two hundred, I think it's scaring people off more than it should. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not going to be a guy who carries sixteen to eighteen times per game in the NFL. That that's fine. We don't want him. Yes. G- give him twelve carries per game. Give him the Elvin Kamara workload that's what we want 12 carries a game five six targets per game you know that's how he's gonna gonna pay his fantasy bills i like i like tank bigsby best among the other guys um checks the size box six foot 210 um you know four five six speed that and he he fell short of the 100 speed score we look for that's kind of my biggest knock against him but 
fares really well in PFF rushing grade, fares well in elusive rating. Also had a 16% target share yes. this past season. One of the higher marks in this running back class. So I do think I don't I think I think Charbonnet has a better chance to be a true three down back. But I think I, I don't think Big Bigby is going to be a zero in the passing game if he's someone that can catch, you know, 30, 35 balls in a season, which you know could could be enough to, you know, give him some RB2 level type fantasy seasons. He he's just you know of anybody who caught any modicum of balls. I mean you'd have to you'd have to bring in like Tyon Evans, Chris Rodriguez, and Dwayne McBride. But if you take those guys out of it, um, Tank Bigsby the lowest yards per catch of anybody in the class. I mean he was just really just a dump off artist. Um, yep. So I'm not so sure he's a pass game weapon, but he did have 30 catches. Tank Bigsby feels to me like Isaiah Spiller from last year. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is just a guy who is like probably a great prospect coming into college and is not bad. He's not bad. He's like good, but I don't know that he's ever going to command a backfield. Um, what, what did he run? He ran a four, four five, five, six. six. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's just not, not, he's not elite to me. You know, it's just like, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, he's a good player. You know, you mentioned the size five ten uh, two oh nine. Oh wait, no, he's um, a six foot two ten, which is a little bit long and lean. He's actually a twenty eight and a half BMI. Just to compare that to Sean Tucker, five nine two oh seven is over thirty. So the BMI a little bit better with Sean Tucker, even though he he's outweighed by uh, three pounds. He's also three inches shorter. So Sean Tucker to me is a little bit better of a prospect than Tank Bigsby. Also has the receiving profile. Um, You know, Tank Bigsby. Did hit 1,283 uh, all-purpose yards by his sophomore year. Sean Tucker, 1,750. Um, you know, he was 9.7 yards per catch, whereas uh, Tank was 7.2. So he was a little bit more prolific. He do- he supposedly ran some sort of 4-3. Let's just call it a 4-4 flat. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I think he's – that's fair, He's got right? speed. He's yeah, got he's speed. Yep. So yep. he's also an early declare. So I do like Sean Tucker better than – uh, Tank Bigsby for those reasons. I think Tank was a little bit underwhelming in sort of that explosion. Um, for sure. But you know, that, uh, I guess we have to we have to decide somewhere. For sure, yeah. I mean, how, how much do you weigh like level of competition too? Like Tank Bigsby, you know, running yeah. against SEC defenses, I do think matters matters a little bit versus Sean Tucker. Yeah, you're you're right. I, you know, it's funny. I've been trying to figure out whether or not like that's something like you know Power Five. If you should just like that should be a, a data point, you know, when we look at it and you know weed it out a little bit. It, it is very compelling because it seems like when we look at the NFL, like oh look another fucker from Alabama running you know running down the sideline, <laughs> Georgia another guy you know. So I do think there's something to that, but um, yeah yeah there's something to that. Um, but these guys dominate. I mean. Uh, Bijan dominated, you know, 6.3 yards per carry for his career, um, you know, sort of showed out. I mean, you know, um, you know, Spears at 6.8 doesn't make him better than, you know, right than Bijan. But, you know, I think that you kind of take it into context. For sure, that's fair. Yards per reception, Bijan, 13.4. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it, some yeah. of these, I actually look at the yards per reception in some ways. I think, you know, it was the same thing with like Jonathan Taylor. You know, everybody was saying that the CEH was going to be this amazing, like, pass game weapon. I was like, probably not, dude. He's slow, slow. Like, you know, they're like, oh, he's going to, they're going to, he's going to route, out route these linebackers into submission. These yeah. linebackers will be begging for mercy against this CEH. I'm like, why? Because he fucking made a couple of accountants in the 
SEC look bad? Like, <laughs> you, you, he had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase running down the field. Yeah. Of course he was open. And he, he scored exactly one touchdown on 60 catches that, that last year in, in LSU. It was like you had to look a little deeper. Yeah, he had 60 catches, but – they threw the ball, like literally set the record of all time. And then meanwhile, JT was ripping off runs, scored five touchdowns on 20-something catches. Yeah. And you start to look at it and say, were th- what were these catches? Were these like sort of like, oh, shit, I'm about to be sacked here, Tank Bigsby, run for three yards and fall down? That's less uh, valuable than what yeah. Bijan is doing downfield, 13 and a half yards a catch. That's better than some of these wide receivers. Bijan had a 6.8 yard average depth of target last year, <laughs> which is huge for a running back, right? Like these guys are usually in the negatives. Yeah, negative, if they get exactly. to two, if they get to two, it's huge. Yes. So yeah, Incredible. I mean, and that, that's a, that's a good point about um, Ceh. And I remember, you know, not, and let's get off tangent here, but um, tangents is what we do. The, 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 the Ceh Jonathan Taylor thing, their market share of receiving yards the final season were, were very close. Like you said, LSU just had a yes. historical season as far as passing yards go, so that kind of beefed up CEH's numbers. Jonathan Taylor actually had nice market shares when you put it in the context of that Wisconsin offense. Yeah, and if you took just yards and touchdowns, which is one of my favorite ways to look at market share, I look at it two ways. I look at reception share and then yards and touchdown as my um, dominator share. and. Yep. JT was way fucking better than, than CEH on Dominator. I mean, he blew him out because he had way more yards and touchdowns. I mean, he had five touchdowns out of like 18. The team had like 20 touchdowns. He had he had five of them, you know, yep. reception receiving. Meanwhile, CEH had one out of 60 touchdowns they threw that year. <laughs> like literally, like he was not important yeah. for that team in that in that fashion. And same thing with yards. I think Burrow throw for like 5,000 or 5,500, some stupid number. Yeah. I don't remember, but like a lot. And then the who, whatever stiff was playing in Wisconsin threw for like, you know, 2,000. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to yeah. look at those numbers and understand them as, it, you know. And I actually did that this year. I looked at yards per team pass attempt, uh, receiving yards per team pass attempt uh, from the, um, you know, from the running back position, which. I, I don't even know if it means anything, by the way. I'm not suggesting it's predictive in any way, but I was trying to take a look at it because sometimes you look at raw yardage or just receptions. I kind of wanted to put receptions uh, with yards per team pass attempt and yards per reception to kind of get a little bit better of a, you know, and I love dot too because it shows the utilization. And so, yes. y- you know what I mean? Is it just all dump offs? Do you happen to have Tank Bigsby's, ha- uh, Tank Bigsby's handy? I do, and I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at his receiving profile as we're, we're talking through this, and it's interesting. Though. So Tank Bigsby's ADOT last year was negative 1.8. That is the lowest among these 23 running backs I have the data on in front of me here. There you go. That's not good. Nope. What's interesting, though, I, I, I look at the percentage of snaps a guy was in the slot or out wide. Huh. Tank's big, Tank Bigsby was, was out wide for 21.6% of his snaps last it, season. It, that it was, makes sense. That was third behind Jameer Gibbs, who was 26.4, and then your guy, Sean Tucker, 21.7. So just barely edged out Tank Bigsby. So for whatever whatever reason, Auburn was you know splitting Bigsby out more often than you might think. So again, I think there might be something there it is receiving profile. Yeah. I, why doesn't he have more targets then or what? I don't know. That's really weird. That's a very strange number when you. Well, again, the, the target share was good. The target share was strong was. for Big, Bigsby. 16. It's just he didn't do anything with the targets. Yeah. And, and there's my point, right? So I think he's a, yeah. just a non special athlete who doesn't get targeted down the field. I'm, I'm a little bit out on Tank Bigsby, uh, you know, in general, just based off of utilization, or at least how I think he'll be utilized in the NFL. I just don't think they'll see him as a pass game weapon. 
uh, for the reasons you just stated. Uh, the, the target share is one thing, but again, I think when those are like behind the line of scrimmage, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, please save me and get what you can out of this thing yeah. here and screens and things of that yep. nature. Those are just sort of given to the best player on a team sometimes, but um, let's move on because there are more exciting players than, than those, but I, <laughs> I am, a, well, actually Zach Evans real quick. Can I can I tell you I've been I've been saying this like every week and my listeners are so tired of me saying it but like before the season before the before the draft stuff I I, I posted like some of my favorite like players you know and I was just posting them out and I put Zach Evans and I on um, pro football folk uh, pro football um, you know database uh, mm-hmm. the, the college one they had him listed at five eleven one ninety five so that's where I pulled my data from college football database whatever. And uh, put 511-195, and the the hive was after me. They're like, dude is 220, 225. I'm like, fuck, I don't know, man. This maybe it's from high school. I am so sorry. I didn't know. And like they were literally yelling at me that he's 220. And I'm like, okay, 220, fucking A. This is great back. Can't wait to see how this he measured in at 202 after a fucking foot-long sandwich at you know at the combine. <laughs> so I mean he is. He's five, he's you know, five eleven, two hundred pounds. They were right on the money on 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 that. Yep. He was inflated um, uh, <laughs> on his uh, college football uh, website. He's not that big. That's very concerning. Right. He didn't catch passes, and he got played off the field at two colleges. What is there right. to love about this Zach Evans? That's what I'm trying to figure out. And the Zach know. Evans hive, the Zach Evans hive is strong. They'll, strong. they'll, they'll let you, they'll, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, just and again, I, I get, I get, you know, I, I dug into him some more, and I get he was, you know, a big five star recruit, and he he has played in, in talented backfield. It's not like he's, you know, it's been losing Bingo. touches to scrubs, but just nothing. I look at either rushing or pass catching. He really sticks out. He does have a nice breakaway rate. You know, he's going to yes. break off, you know, the twenty plus, fifteen plus yard runs. He does break tackles. Um, yes. like I look at like PFF rushing grade or elusive rating or the, the, the pass catching stuff, you know, the target share of the yards per out run is just poor. Um, yep. So you can combine that with the kind of, you know, below average size. I'm not writing the guy off, but to me, he's just, he's just in this big group of backs behind, you know, the top two or three guys. If the NFL tells me he's the clear number four guy, he goes like mid round two, then yeah, I'll, I'll change my tune on Zach Evans. But at this point, he's not, he's not a guy I'm super excited about. He's kind of a, a smallest frame guy who runs more violently and, and breaks tackles and was very f- effective. I mean, he's 6.9 yeah. yards per carry for his career at two schools. Like, I don't know, man, that's really good. Uh, he's actually 10.8 yards per reception uh, for his career. So he's been big play. He's broken tackles, made big plays. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but, you know, just 12 catches as his best season, 30 total receptions in his career. He, his BMI is under 29 at 5'11", 202. Not good. Right. He is an early declare. But here's what I would say. I love this comp. Tell me what you think of this. Someone had comped him to Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, that's not bad. Just in, just in play style at least, right? Um, and I, I, yeah, I think and I think Evans could play that type of role where he does enough in the past. I, I, just, I don't see the massive fantasy upside to him at this point. Totally. And again, I'm, I'm I, 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 I could be wrong, but I mean, I think the Pacheco type of workload it's kind, of, it's kind of where I see his his ceiling at this point. All right. Now my favorite. My favorite little group. The early declares, right, who are like a little bit flying under the radar, but some of us like mm-hmm. some of them, and I'm not sure, but I really like all three of these guys. The early declare <laughs> ceiling plays is what I call them. My my absolute love, Izzy Abanacanda, Kendra Miller, and Dwayne McBride. 
Like these guys feel like they've got a chance. Each yep. one of them with a little bit of a thing you got to say, well, but, and we're going to get to those. But what do you think yep. of these three guys as a whole? I mean, if you could just draft all three of these somehow, I feel like you're going to get a hit out of one of them. I agree. I'm, and I'm with you on Abanacanda. He's my favorite among this group. Uh, I, he's just a, a fun watch. He had, you know, he's 216 pounds, so he has the size to be a lead NFL ball carrier. I don't know about the passing game. That That's the big issue with Abanacanda. And that's the, the huge, huge issue with Dwayne McBride, yes. who rushing wise, everything pops off the page. And he and I, he's a fun watch as well. I mean, that guy will, will break some tackles. Awesome contact balance. I had mentioned uh, Dwayne McBride, a stat you may not know, has only five career catches more than me. Yes, that's that's scary. I didn't know if you knew that that's stat. Scary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is correct. That is scary. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. But continue. Sorry, I'm inter- interrupting you with bad jokes. You know, go ahead. Yeah, as I was going to say, I mean, it's tough for me to get excited about someone like Dwayne McBride if I don't think he's going to be anything in the passing game at the NFL. And that's kind of what his profile suggests, at least. I mean, again, we'll we'll see. Just because the guy didn't do it in college doesn't mean he can't. But I'm also not going to, you know, go projecting him to be an asset in the passing game when he he hasn't showed it yet. Yeah, you can't. Uh, We preach on this podcast all the time. It, again, doesn't matter if he can catch it. Doesn't matter if you and I think he can catch it. It is whether or not he is used as a pass catcher at the next level, that's it. He will catch 0% of the balls not thrown to him. <laughs> it, I mean, he will catch 0% of the balls not thrown to him. So if he's not in on third down or in, in pass, you know, uh, two minute and hurry up and all the rest of it, you know, I mean, uh, Dwayne McFarland, uh, you know, and uh, Ian Hart, it's do the great show, uh, utilization show after every week of the football season. And I listen to Dwayne every, every week and I check his numbers because he'll tell you each backfield who played the two minute. It doesn't matter if, if a guy plays all the two minute, but happened not to get a target. I love that. I'm just going to target yep. him and, you know, in best ball and in trade and everything, you know, it's utilization. How are these guys utilized? Cause eventually they're going to get targets. These are the guys that whoever plays on third down is more likely to catch a pass. Whoever plays in two minute, whoever plays in hurry up, Whoever plays when you're down big, those guys are going to get targets. They're utilizing the pass game. You might get a couple of screens here and there if you're on first and second down, but you're way west, way way less likely. And that's what's going to happen with McBride. And that is the that is the yep. concern. He's sort of going to be used in a Damian Harris role. By the way, Damian Harris in Buffalo, yes, <laughs> that's going to be great. By the way, he's going to have a big year, I think. But um, he's going to be more in that type of a role in the NFL, yep. and that's not a bad role. It's Legarrette Blount. I mean, you know, you can find some successes and some hits there here and there, but very very difficult yeah. to to find it every week. And for those reasons, you got to be a little bit more careful with McBride. But in terms of a special, God. Kendry Miller, what a body. He's a hell of a player. He kind of made, um, you know, uh, Zach Evans feel like he had to leave town. Izzy Izzy had 24 catches. Izzy's not even 21 years old yet. 5'11", 216, 38 career catches. You know, I I really, really love Izzy. He's got that big playability. Both these guys, Kendry Miller and Izzy Abanacanda, will be targets for me in that second round. Yeah, and they're similar because – with Miller, for me, just like with the Bannican, and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that the Bannican is not even 21 yet. I, I love that. Um, yes. With Ken- Kendra Miller, I, I think he's he's good enough as a runner. It's just the passing game stuff. We just we haven't seen a lot of it. Again, doesn't mean he can't do it, but I'm, I'm just not sure he's going to get that chance in the next level. That's kind of my only knock against the guy. 
Totally. Yeah, exactly. If you, yeah, it, right. If you told me somehow, like, you know, gave me a target projection, uh, excuse me, told me how many targets he's going to see in like the first three or four years. And it was a good number. Yep. I'd be taking uh Kendra Miller at like in the first round. I mean, you know, yep. tell me he's going to get targeted at the NFL level. And I, I absolutely am all in on Kendra Miller. Cause I think he's probably one of the best pure runners yep. in the class for sure. He is absolutely explosive. By the way, just a couple more notes on these guys, or one more note on Please. these guys. Lance Zierlein has Zach Evans as his RB3 in the class. Yeah. He has Avana Canna as his RB4. He has uh, Kendra Miller down in like the teens, uh, yeah. but he, he's a big fan of Evans and, and our boy Avana Canna. Jeez. I mean, you, know, you never know with these guys. I mean, oh my gosh. Hey, the, 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 the group that I think I'm having the hardest time with because one of the big data points – I was listening to Hayden Winks and he was talking about, I think it was the top 24 backs in the NFL last year, averaged 218 pounds. And I think there were only two of those 24 backs that were under 208 pounds or something like that. You know, it was like crazy. Like they need to be 200 pounds. They need to be more than that. 210 to be a, to be a top, you know, an RB one or RB two in the NFL. And here we have the size matters group, Tajay Spears, Devon A. Chain, Deuce Vaughn, which I'm going to throw him out with the bathwater. He'll literally fall down the drain. Um, Jameer Gibbs and Zach Evans have to be thrown in there too. I mean, we're not, we've already touched mm-hmm. them a little bit. Maybe we'll get to Gibbs at all, but I, I don't think we need to as much. I mean, Gibbs, here's the thing. Gibbs is 5'9", 200 pounds. He's got the very, very close to 30 BMI. Um, yep. You know, 200 is fine. The close to 30 BMI is okay. And he's just this elite pass game. He's a different category, but with, especially with A-Chain, is kind of the guy that I'm circling here because I'm super, yep. super nervous about his utilization at the next level. What do you think about Devon A-Chain? Yeah, I'm worried about A-Chain too. Um, he, I just think he's a guy that might be better in real life than, than fantasy because yeah. I just don't know if he's going to get the, the volume we need. Um, I get the speed, obviously, you know, 4-3-2. Four, four, even at 188, it gives him a you know 108 speed score, which which is awesome. Yes, um, same as Bijan, it, by the it, way. But it's... But it, yeah, exactly. But it, it's it's the size thing, and he, and I think he's a good pass catcher. But some of the metrics I look at paint him as just an okay. I mean, he only had point six six yards per route run this past season. Yeah, and that, that's not a good number. He had a, he had a negative average depth of target. So I I, I don't I'm, I'm I don't want to knock the guy too much as a pass catcher. I do think he'll contribute in that fast side. But I just don't know if he's an elite pass catcher. Which like at 188 pounds, like we need we need this guy to be an elite pass catcher, a guy that's gonna you know be getting 50 60 catches for us to really be into him in fantasy. Totally, yeah. I mean his utilization is of course what scares me, and and he's kind of a fuck. he's awesome. I mean you watch any yeah. film on this guy, and he's like he's mixing it up. He's actually a pretty decent between the tackles runner. Um, it's not a, a, a quanti- a, a qualitative, uh, analysis where you look at him and go, he can't run between the tackles. Nope. Can't do it. I've seen it. He's just to bounce it outside. No, no. It's a, he's 188 pounds. He's going to be going to the NFL. It sounds like a bad plan, man. Like, I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh shit. You're in danger, girl. <laughs> yeah. Again, I just, I, I just, I don't think he's gonna get the type of volume that we, need him to to be someone that we can like you know count on in our in our lineups every week but we'll see i might be wrong yeah no i, I i'm super scared and but the, here's the good news i think he's going to be super expensive meaning he's going to get draft <laughs> capital people love him they have him in their top like three I've, i was listening to an yeah. unnamed dynasty podcast that was talking about moving him up to rb3 
So great. Move him all the way up because I think that's too expensive for a 188-pound player for me. So that means yeah. it'll drop other players down to me. I hope he gets taken you know, in the first round uh, of your rookie draft, and that way you can comfortably fade yeah. him. He's going to be a tougher yeah. decision in the second round where you're starting to look at guys and go, well, I don't know. I mean, it's 4-3-2 and all the production and draft capital. Then it's harder. But I think if he gets super expensive, it'll be an easy fade for me. You in with that? Yeah, he's my RB5, and I have him 13th overall right now in one quarterback. So, yeah, so, one yeah. Quarter, Se- yeah, second round is where I would start to consider him. Uh, one quarterback. What's that? How do I play that? Do, is there an option for my <laughs> – no, I'm only teasing. I, <laughs> I have him much further down, I, I will tell you. Um, I do have him as my RB1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, like RB10, you know? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yep. I mean, you know – I He's in there with me for like, you know, Roshan, Zach Evans. I mean, it's like Zach Evans or, or Devon, Devon A-Chain. Who do you prefer? Obviously, you prefer yeah. A-Chain? I, I do, yeah, because I do think he's going to be someone that catches like 50 balls a season. But, you know, even if he's only getting six to eight carries per game, that there's, you know, there, there's value there in, in the reception stuff. <clears throat> that's interesting. I mean, I just hate to burn a, a one-two turn pick on James Cook. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's right. I'd, I'd rather take a swing and miss even, you know, on a, on a Izzy and a Kendra Miller and all these guys that I think have a, a legitimate mm-hmm. shot at upside. Sean Tucker, you know, Kendra Miller, Izzy Abanacanda. And actually the other guy, the, the guy I have ahead of him, Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears. So do I, I, yeah. yeah. Me too. Tell me, let's yeah. hear it. Yeah, Tajay Spears is my RB4 right now. Let's go, um, baby. Yeah, well, he, I mean, so he's 201, so he's small, but that's that's not a weight I'm concerned about. Like, it's a weight where I know he's not going to be a workhorse. He's not going to be a 300-touch guy at the next no. level, but, you know, he, he could get the Jameer Gibbs type of, of workload. I think Tajay Spears is really good in the passing really game, good. too. His yeah, PFF receiving grade last year was awesome. He weighed yeah. in at 204 pounds at the Senior Bowl, 201 pounds at the Combine, so – I mean, you know, if someone says he bulked up, I mean, he did it twice. I mean, he got to 200 pounds in two separate weigh-ins in the offseason. Yep. Uh, so 5'10", 200, 5'10", 205. I mean, I don't think he's 205. But, you know, if you stretch yep. the number of the 204 that he was at, the, you know, somewhere in there is really good. And that gives him about a 29 BMI. Um, he He's a non-early declarer, but he was very dominant, um, you know, obviously at, at Tulane. Uh, he was a little bit of a late breakout, but 11.8 yards per catch. Uh, almost seven yards per carry for his career, 6.8. So he was very consistently dope on the ground. He was a senior bowl darling. Everybody loved him there. He was a good pass blocker at the senior bowl, which is something you can't say about Chase Brown, which is why I'm a little bit down on him. Because look, Mm -hmm. the utilization again is what I'm worried about. And with Tajay, I think you can play him on almost every down, as you point out, because being over 200 pounds, now you you start to you bring in comps like Aaron Jones, which I've I've kind of you know flirted with the Aaron Jones comp for Tajay Spears. Um, I know Aaron Jones was a more uh, accomplished pass catcher, but it could be that Tajay is just as good, just without some of that work. I mean, he looked really really good at it at the Senior Bowl again uh, amongst his peers. So this Tajay Spears has the upside again uh, that I don't know that look a chain. Size is what is dragging me down because look, if you put them together and they're both 5'10, 205, it's A chain easy. Yes, for sure. 
right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, I like the Aaron Jones comp for Tajay Spears. I Thanks. had not heard that one yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, two, 201 ran the 447, so that gives him a 101 speed score. So, you know, cleared the 100 threshold yeah. we're looking for there. Um, again, I think he could play a similar role to what Jameer Gibbs. I, I think he's kind of a poor man's Jameer Gibbs yes. at this point. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally agree. And, and that's why they're in that same bucket is like, you know, if you miss out on Jameer Gibbs, you may be able to get yourself a Tajay Spears and, and, and Devin, Devon, whatever a chain is going to push uh, Tajay Spears right into your lap. And I think that's okay. The old yep. guys, I don't really think there's too much to talk about. Chase Brown, Evan Hull, Eric Gray. I like Eric Gray a little bit. I like Evan Hull a little bit. I know people like Chase Brown a little bit. He was really athletic, but with Chase mm-hmm. Brown, he just doesn't, you know, nobody watches his film and goes, oh, yeah, he's the best. Yeah. He's clearly this super athlete. So I think for those reasons, he's a little b- bad pass blocker. He's like 28 years old. I mean, these guys are a little too old uh, to, to, to really invest in unless, as you point out a million times, you've said it, unless he gets draft capital. But I don't think they're going to. And, you know, a lot right. of times I'm – forget about draft capital. Let's talk about Aaron Jones. Ramondre Stevenson, Elijah Mitchell, right? All these guys that are, you know, late, later picks that we're looking for. I'm okay taking some shots on running backs outside of draft capital if I just yep. know they're good. Because if I it, look, if Izzy goes in round five, I'm still going to draft him someplace. I mean, obviously later, <laughs> but I'm thinking, yeah, this guy's fucking good. I'm going to take him. Kendra Miller yep. goes round five. I'm drafting his ass. Dwayne McBride could fall because of the pass catching and the limited. You know, but I'll I'll draft him too at some point, right? Some of these other guys I'm not so sure about. Although I do a little bit like Evan Hall because he caught 55 passes in one season. Yes, yes, Hall's the guy for me here because he checks the pass catching box. As you said, he had the nice raw numbers, um, 18% target share, 22% of the receiving yards yeah. this this past season. A big number for running back, 1.85 yards per route run. So he was efficient. So he checks the receiving box. He also checks the athleticism box. 5'10", yeah. 209, ran a 4.47, gives him a 105 speed score, and he had a 93rd percentile relative athletic score. Bingo. So, I mean, athletic dude that can catch passes, like that that's the type of running back I want to be targeting later in my rookie drafts. Yeah, and 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 I'll tie it into one guy that I think a lot of people really like that I just like Evan Hull better than is Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh yep. runs a 4.62, an 89 speed score, uh, 27 BMI. Like, these are awful numbers. Yeah. Um, yes, he was a pretty prolific pass catcher, that cannot be denied. He is a pass catcher and will be a pass catcher at the next level. I just wonder if he's n- not a- enough of the athlete to actually make a difference in that role. Maybe yes. I'm wrong, but that's kind of the the feeling I'm getting. How about you? I wanted to be in on McIntosh yeah, because of the pass catching numbers, but then the, the combine doesn't totally knock him off my radar, but like to me, Evan Hall is just a more athletic version. And I know like, like McIntosh did it yeah. at Georgia in, in the SEC, which maybe matters a bit more. But man, that the the speed score stuff, the athleticism, that's kind of tough for me to for me to get past with McIntosh. Totally, I'm with you. And and there's not much else back there. I don't think. I mean, I, I you know, Tyon Evans and Chris Rodriguez, and I mean, is there anybody else that I'm missing that you should you know you should tell me I'm I'm missing? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, no, actually, I think that's. I think we covered it. Would you draft? The guys would I'm, you draft Deuce Vaughn at all? Like literally at any cost? Yeah, like fifth round, I'd probably give him a shot. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you know. it's worth pulling the trick. Yeah. It's just so hard to envision him actually being an NFL yeah. running back. Like, I know yeah. that's like. But you know what's you know what's crazy? Like he's nine pounds lighter than A Chain. <laughs> it's it's something, but it's like it's nine pounds, and A Chain's going to be like a first round pick. 
I know. In, in the in, in, you know dynasty drafts. It's cr- it's crazy because, <laughs> like I said, I I played the the trick on you with the Deuce Vaughn profile. It's like he has this twenty nine seven BMI or whatever it is, you know, right. because he is a bit stout. I mean, he's five five, but he is one eighty. I mean, one seventy nine, but you know, yeah. it's like it, it's like very very close in weight, but you know, the BMI is at least there to hold up. I just. You know, sub 180 is just so, so, so light. I mean, it's just. He had like 330, 330 touches last year. So it's incredible. And, <laughs> For and, Deuce Vaughn, that's, that's nuts. Dude, he's he's the tank Dell, too. I mean, you put him on and you're right. like, the film yes. is so much fun. Everybody who watches the film, like, fun to watch, man. He's fun to watch because he's 5'5 five, five running around fucking <laughs> juking fools and like, it's. it's no one it's can find him. No one can find him. Unbelievable player. What a yeah. cool story. I would like nothing more than to be completely wrong about Deuce Vaughn and he's like the RB1 in fucking fantasy. Like, I would, I'm so okay fun. being wrong. That would be, I would, that'd be so fun. So yep. fun. I'm in. So <laughs> there's no hate for Deuce Vaughn. It's just yeah. pragmatism. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. Damn it. <laughs> what do you say, man? We call it? I'm good. Yeah. My goodness. You gave me an hour and I think we did too. I told you it happens like this, bro. I know. Oh my God. I know. I, I could go for another hour, but I got I other stuff. To, it's real, so much fun. You were stuff. outstanding, man. You had it all right there. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we see it very much the same way. And that starts to get both comforting and scary all at the same time, my brother. Exactly. Exactly. The NFL draft will put us in our place. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Tell no, absolutely. Us, tell us, the, uh, what we're wrong about. Yeah, the NFL draft is a, is a is very interesting, and that's why it's important to have some takes like you know like like I mentioned about like Kendra Miller or whatever. Like if he misses draft capital somehow, it was yeah. like Elijah Mitchell for me. I was just into Elijah Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a good player, so I was in despite the draft capital. You know. Yep, for sure, for sure. Well, tell the people where they can find your awesome content so that they can go check you out because I'm sure after this pod. If they don't already follow you and know where you're at, they're going to check your shit out right now. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's at Smola DS on Twitter, S-M-O-L-A-D-S. And then all my stuff's on Draft Sharks. Um, we're pumping out our Dynasty Rookie Valley reports at, at this point. So we got like 15 up on the site already. We'll probably have another 15 to 20 more before the NFL draft. But what I'm really pumped about is our, our Dynasty rankings, which we revamped last season. We have full fledged dynasty projections now where we're projecting one three five and ten year values nice. and why that's important is because that that can then feed into our dynasty draft war room which this thing gives you customized projections based on your league's scoring rules lineup settings you can you know use it for your startup drafts use it for your rookie drafts you'll have customized rankings um, that i think are really a big edge over you know someone maybe just using a, a you know a more standard set of rankings for yes. you know not a specific league type Yes. No, I totally love that. I mean, because people always ask like in a vacuum, it's like, dude, should I do uh, Drake London or Devonta Adams? And it's like, you know, of course, whatever, you know, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what's happening with your team? What's going on with it? Like, it, you know, is Devonta Adams like this thing where you're going to win again? Uh, you know, you're going for a three-peat and a, you know, a, 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 a you know, a, a, a dynasty league that pays the pot for three P there's a lot of information. Are you a complete rebuild? Of course, take London. You know, it's like, who cares about production? You're only looking for value and this whole conversation. And I think a lot of nuanced players understand that. And, um, and in your tool that you're talking about, there's one, three, five, and 10. I've thought about a a bunch Mm -hmm. of times. It's like, you know, you, you really don't ever look at something in a 10 year plan because that's just ridiculous, but it's, it's good to understand. Does this person have, even 10 year possibility, you know, is this someone Correct. that could be, you know, you look at a guy like Justin Jefferson, 
Answer is fucking yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that answer is actually yes. He does have 10-year opportunity. You look at other players, it's like, no, it's a zero to 10-year. You can't project a single thing there, even if they're young sometimes. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a three-year player only. So I love that. I love hearing that. I'm going to go check it out literally when we hang up this phone call because I absolutely love that. Draft Sharks has been doing a long time. I've not seen that specific tool. Can't wait to go check it out. You should too. Thank you, Jared Smola. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me, Scott. That was, that was really fun. Yeah. And on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer that has ever walked the land, Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by the great Jared Smola. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Out.